0: Welcome to the Aesthetic Entrepreneurs GSD, the number one podcast for aesthetic and beauty business owners who
1: want to get stuff done and become the entrepreneurs the world needs them to be.
0: Many of you out there are uncertain, overwhelmed, and confused about this thing called business. Where there's uncertainty, we give you comfort. Where there's overwhelm, we create calm. Where there's confusion, we provide clarity. Guys, welcome. Welcome to um, the Date at 8 special with my amazing special guest, Mr. Jason Greystone.
1: Thank you. you. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me.
0: Good, good. So, um, yeah, I think... I'm absolutely, I'm really excited to have Jason on um, as we start doing some more of these special kind of guests interviews, um, because, you know, I don't have all the answers. And one of the uh, questions we do get asked a lot is around, you know, what happens when, you know, your business is making money and you've got this, um, you know, income coming through. And from a personal point of view, one of the things that I have always wanted to achieve is is financial independence. And I often thought, well, to get financial independence means I needed to have a, you know, a house and a bank account full of money and all these other things. And um, I met Jason through um, a mutual cause uh, project we were doing called um, KPI. Some of you might be familiar with it with Dan Priestley. And Jason has a an amazing podcast called Always Free. So I started listening to the podcast, and it, it's it's fair to say that it actually challenged pretty much all of my preconceptions around uh, what financial independence actually was. Um, It it, it pretty much stopped me in my tracks from buying a house, uh, which was one of the kind of cornerstones that I felt from financial independence. So um, so before we get into the detail, um, I'd just like to say introduce you to Jason. Firstly, Jason, welcome and thank you very much for taking the time to out of your day and your evening to to join us.
1: Uh, Thanks for having us, Rich. It's a right. pleasure. And, um, if you, do you want to add me as a co-host so I can see the chat uh, yeah. and I can answer any questions that come in?
0: That's a very good idea. Now I'm gonna, how do I do that? Hang on. Oh, I got it. Hang on a sec. Uh, I can make you host. So...
1: No co-host should be there. No, if not, mm. don't worry. I'll, you can read the questions. I can change
0: you change host to Jason Grayston. Uh, I'll read the questions. That's probably an easier thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do that. So if you've got any questions, <laughs> any questions coming up, ask them and I'll I'll deal with them. So, um, yeah, so first of all, yeah, thanks very much for joining us. And also congratulations on the always free podcast. It is an amazing resource. If you guys are not listening to that, I highly recommend it. Jason joins me on my morning walk every day, uh, half an hour getting insight and, um, an education. So thank you very much for that, mate.
1: <laughs> no worries. The, the podcast uh, so, is, uh, it's great. So no, I'll
0: Love just it. I'll just let you introduce
1: yourself. Yeah, so I'm Jason Greystone. I um, I'm a professional investor and I speculate as well, so I'm a I'm a trader in the financial markets. Um, and since becoming financially independent at twenty nine and a half, I then um went on to fill my time doing things that I'd get up in the morning every day and think what do I want to do and naturally I've evolved into developing uh, a much needed uh, financial education system mm. but but it's quite unorthodox it's not <laughs> it definitely challenges the the status quo it's not it's not your average run to the back of the room uh Welsh partial Welsh strategy I should yeah. say <clears throat> so yeah. I run a company called to, to, called um, Greystone Education, and we've got a program called Tears of Freedom, and a mm-hmm. speculation education company called Tier One. Awesome.
0: So yeah, um, I'll, this one of the questions came up is, uh, can I have a link to the podcast? Of course, um, I will share the link. I think it's alwaysfree dot uh, com. I think is the link for it, isn't it? Uh, website. Yeah.
1: Can I type in here? Here we go.
0: Yeah, go for it. Just share it. That's fine. Cool.
1: So, yep. so wait a minute. I'll just
0: ask a question because you um you challenged my it was a contrarian statement that actually sort of owns it all which was you don't need to own a house and have a bank account full of money to be financially independent so mm-hmm. what do you what what is your definition of financial independence
1: yeah that's a great question because that's that's probably where people are just lost um when i was 21 years old uh, i was i was an engineer and i had a very logical brain and I, I kind of put together my own f- formula for financial independence. And I dis- and what it was is I decided that I wanted to replace my income so that I didn't have to work. Mm. And initially, it was 20 years. It was a 20-year plan, which I was happy with. And to get to that 20-year mark, what I needed to do was generate or achieve financial independence now financial independence is is two actually two stages so when i define financial independence what i'm talking about independence is independent from what i call the four e's so it's economy um where the market can go up and down but you you you're able to still generate an income Mm. okay and so the, the two stages of independence and and freedom Okay, this is where people get muddled up. They they mix the two together. Independence is being able to generate an income enough to cover your living expenses, okay, regardless of a person, so a, a parent or partner or spouse, um, a boss, okay, so some kind of proprietor, a job or a geographical location. So you don't have to necessarily be any fixed position in the world because freedom is what you want, right? Space is what you want. Mm. So uh, once you can cover your living expenses, regardless of those four P's, then you've reached financial independence. The The thing with that is it's not sustainable because it still requires you. Mm. So financial freedom, when you break the two apart, financial freedom is the second phase and that's where you can maintain income to achieve financial independence regardless of the four E's, and that's economy, yeah. expertise, energy, and existence. So in other words, the market can crash and you still generate this income. You're, you can lose your mind and you still generate the income. You can lose your ability in your in your physical body, your energy, and you can actually die and it will still generate that income, and that's, that's true freedom. So when mm-hmm. you get to that point, that's financial freedom. So those are definitions for me, and I had a very you know, tangible formula for doing that. And I, I initially, as I say, it was 20 years and then I got it down to 10 and then I got it down to five and I ended up doing it in about three and a half by the time mm-hmm. I got to. So in total, it took me about six years.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So in, in all of those sorts of things, I think one of those kind of things that pumped out is, and actually quite a, you know, quite a powerful statement is, you know, financial independence is the ability to make money after you have died effectively um so it's, it's creating a machine that basically just pumps out cash and how you talk about leveraged income an awful lot when you in, in your um, podcast i mean what do you how do you define that
1: yeah I get, so the, the so i just gave you the kind of definition of financial independence and mm. financial freedom the components that make that up because as you mentioned at the start people go and buy a house and they think that's financial independent financial independence is about being free Okay, because I've met so many high earners, right? High earning entrepreneurs who ask me what I'm doing, and some of them are like. But there was a there was a period of time where people were asking what I was doing, and they were earning three times what I was earning. Hmm. What they wanted was the time, you know, the ability to just get up and do and do whatever they whatever you wanted, and that's really what they were after. So, the components of financial independence because when there's ways and means of going about achieving financial independence and people make mistakes of trying to earn more money, which, which is wrong if you don't do it the right way. They try to, you know, save all of their money, which is not empowering at all. You know, you're strimping, scrimping, saving and being a tight ass and you can't really live. And they think that the more they work or the harder they work, they're going to become more financially independent. it's absolutely crucial that you have freedom as the objective Mm. and the components that make that up are LA, which is liquid assets. Okay. So cash, Mm. your your cash, your liquidity. When you buy a house and you dump all that money into the house, you're freezing a tap. Okay. So if you imagine a taps, your income and it's just dripping, feeding you Mm. and you just dump it and freeze it. It's going to freeze the tap. There's no more income. You've then got to go to work to pay, For an empty house, that sits empty all day because you need the cash to pay for the upkeep of the house. You can't pay for your breakfast with a brick, right? (laughs) So it's stuck in the house. So LA is part of, is one component. LE is your your living expenses, okay? Mm -hmm. So controlling them the right way, optimizing them the right way, and and understanding your debt-to-income ratio and all that kind of stuff, and your assets-to-expenses ratio, and then l i which is leveraged income because the reason i talk about leveraged income or passive income you might have heard um is because that's that's free of time Mm. a lot of people come to me and they say i just want to earn passive income i just and i say what do you want you know what what is it you want then and they went oh i just want to be able to work wherever i am in the world and i say that's not passive income that's that's mobile income Mm. and Almost any job can become mobile. You can just go and you know do a service online, but it still requires your time. Passivity is no time and that 's the, mm. that's, that's where they go wrong. You have to first make something mobile and then make it passive and People go about it the wrong way, but those are th- that 's why i don 't promote passive income so much. Mm. I, I call it leverage because I like to see it as building a, a pivot in your in your income system and then leveraging it up so that you're free of your time and then it becomes passive. So leveraged income. So it's liquid assets, mm-hmm. living expenses and leveraged income and the formula if you was if some of your listeners want to kind of do some sums is your liquid assets divided by your living expenses minus your leveraged income streams. So I'll give you an example. If you're earning if you've got 5000 pounds cash in the bank, okay? And let's just say your living expenses are two thousand pounds per month. If you've got zero leveraged income stream coming in, and you have to go to work to earn your income, then when you divide five thousand uh, by two thousand, you get two and a half. Yeah. What does a two and a half mean? The two and a half means two point five months. That's how much time you can buy into the future before you have to start changing your lifestyle. If you then let's just say, for instance, you start generating a thousand pounds per month on leveraged income, then you can see how the formula changes because you know you divide that by uh, if you if you bring in a thousand pounds and you minus that from two thousand, you've got one thousand five divided by one is five. So you've just doubled the amount of time you can buy into the future. Mm. And the great thing about it is when you focus on leveraged income. And you've got a clear focus on how on that type of income to develop, which is why I was just talking to you about online business. You start to, you start to, it's exponential. So by the time you get to 1,899 pounds per month in leveraged income and you, you approximate your living expenses, you're you can buy something like 400 months into the future. So it's exponential. Yeah. Um, and that's always how I thought about time and money. So that's the formula.
0: It's a it's a good formula and it has to be a good formula because if I can understand it, it's really simple. So, so <laughs> that was half the problem with dealing with finances is it's almost like it's sounds like it's a game designed for very few people to actually be able to understand. Um, so, yeah. you know, it is great when I kind of, you know, heard it, understood it the first time it makes sense and you know, we're now sort of in, in the process of actually implementing that. Um, guys, don't don't sit there and be quiet. If you've got any questions for Jason, just pop them into the link, uh, into the Q and A uh, on Zoom, and we'll take them as we go through. I've got a few questions, yep. so feel free to you know engage. And um, anything that he said this up until now is resonating with you and hitting you. Brilliant. You know, let us know. Um, if you've got any questions or any points you want to address, let us know those as well um so when we talk about the you know the online businesses obviously conversation we were having before we came on is um my i share your belief actually i think that the as businesses grow and develop especially in the sector i work in with aesthetics is you've got kind of five different business types so most of them start off as a a boutique business so it might be one practitioner at home with a home clinic that grows and develops into a lifestyle business. So they may have a few little salons they're working out of or a small clinic. Then that moves into a performance business. So a couple of staff and then high performance, you've got more staff, bigger clinic more overheads. So you've invested in some machines, you know, diff diversified. And then from there, it kind of sort of either stalls, maybe they sell, but I think there's also now an opportunity, especially with the way, you know, the, the society has changed and the business has changed. To be create knowledge businesses and leverage their you know income, all of that experience that's been developed over those over that time to educate people on how to do certain things, and I think that actually is part of the businesses that can be mobilised and turned into online businesses quite easily.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, lever- leveraged income is is key, uh, whether it's. Whether it's actually developing a product or service or delegation. I mean, delegation's a massive part of it. That's that being able to delegate the tasks and chores that are uninspiring to you um, is going to be a life changer. You know, it, it changes your life. If you can just get four hours back of the week by going through and seeing how you're spending your time a week, and then say, well, that's not inspiring to me. That's not inspiring to me. I'm going to try and delegate that. That's where the slippery slope is on the lifestyle business because people go into lifestyle a little bit too early rather than pay that delegation fee, yeah. you know, and they, and they don't see the, because it's intangible, they don't see the income growth that comes from doing that. Mm. And it's, it's mind-blowing. I, I look at my time because I've just launched this new company, right? So I was always free. Now I'm never free. Right. So I, I I launched this thing and the way I look at my life is like Tetris. I don't know if you remember Tetris. Yeah. Like the blocks used to fall yeah. in, right? So, I kind of see when I launch something, because I, I believe we all want to serve constantly. We want to serve people. There's mm. a, if anyone says they don't want to serve, then it's just because they hate their job or they need a bit of a break because they can't see the wood through the trees. They need a bit mm. of mind space. But we'll never, ever stop wanting to serve people. It's, it's in us as, a, as humans. So when you do become free, you don't just sit there. Instead, you're out. You've got more time to think, oh, well, what could I package up? How could I help someone? You want to feel purpose, don't you? You want to feel... You want to feel alive and and wanted and and meaningful. you're doing something meaningful. So every time I do this, I put another block into the Tetris and it doesn't quite fit. So I try and systemize it and make sure that it fits and drops down and compresses as much as it can and then it runs and then the next block comes in. And then I kind of just try and get all the systems working so I've still got as much time as possible and i 'll still keep creating until i die and then and then you know hopefully it goes on beyond that, but online businesses you know everyone 's got a part of their business they can take online that mm. runs twenty four seven that uh, doesn 't require open hours and doesn 't require staff, it could be you know some simple automations um, and you 'll be you 'll be amazed at just what that does by adding that to your business you know you 'll be inundated with um inquiries which will keep your your business model oversubscribed then you can charge more then you can you know you, you know the you know the deal anyway
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. but no, i think but the, the because this is the nature of i suppose the aesthetics business is um it's not a business that can probably go entirely on on online because obviously you've got physical treatments that need to be uh, carried out i get your point delegation absolutely you can bring other staff in to carry out those treatments uh, online shops for products um well, there are elements yeah. of it but it's it's quite i suppose those sort of um uh, the knowledge business is what's i think coming down the track if you like, uh, along with most of society the knowledge based businesses coming forward
1: I just think online businesses is is a is an evolution towards maximum simplicity, and that 's yeah. what people seek. People yeah. seek maximum simplicity all the time they don't want some kind of um you know if if you've got well blockbuster for instance and netflix Mm. they wasn't a better service provider they just they reduced space and reduced time that's it if you can reduce space and time in your business people will flow to you because humans value time more than anything Mm. right so they if you if you're quicker they will come to you if you can give a high value service quicker and and um you know, without them having to go anywhere, yeah. they will they will flow to you. So everyone's got something in their business that they can hook people in in that way. Even if it's a, a you know some kind of virtual consultation or a a report that you can you can give away, or just some values and principles, especially in the aesthetics. You know, if I was going to get some surgery done or some teeth done or some hair implants, <laughs> <laughs> right? I I would be thinking. Uh, trust would be my thing. Yeah. Whereas trust might trust might not be high up on my on my uh, checklist for another industry, but this one it would be. Mm. So I would I would want to do some research, and I would be looking around, going, "Who can I trust? What are the results? And what are their philosophies on this whole? Um, yeah. You know, what what have they done before? So if I could go and listen to a podcast or watch a video or something digital right i'm not going to go and pick a leaflet up i certainly won't pick a business card up i want to go and watch something i want to type something in if something's there waiting for me and i can read it and build rapport without them even being awake uh that is a massive ad value add to your business and and you're going to get a connection with people whilst you're sleeping so yeah Absolutely.
0: Uh, See, you you heard it from someone else. I'm banging on about this all the time about marketing assets and leveraging those, (laughs) creating podcasts (laughs) and doing Facebook lives and videos and all that sort of stuff. So for you to hear someone else say it, it's great. makes me feel like I'm not the only one standing there saying this sort of stuff. But
1: I've been I doing some. So, I've been doing social media and, and kind of YouTube and all that for 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 a few years now. But I've never had a connection that I've had with the podcast. Huh. The podcast seems to have the highest connection um, in terms of you know an emotional connection with people. And I don't know what it is. I think it's because there's no visuals. I think it's all down to the imagination, and you can connect. And you can imagine it being you and mm. you, can, you can just, you know, it's a really deep connection. So if you just talk to your phone and pump it out there, you're going to get a, you're going to get I it's amazing. Point.
0: I mean, I, it's, I'm not being really that into podcasting. You're know, so connected with yours and yeah, you're absolutely right. It does kind of go to another level. It's audio leave me a bit cold because I think they, they just, they become quite boring. I think it's just the way that they're narrated. I, I, they don't engage me. Um, and podcasts are raw. They're not scripted. So it's lots of intonation, lots of energy and lots of stories that get told, which is, you know, what kind of what people love to hear. People love to be told stories and it helps them to kind of learn and engage with things through the art of storytelling, which as humans yeah. we were programmed to to respond to. Um, but back to your previous thing about Blockbuster. I, I don't mourn the passing of Blockbuster because when I think about it, it reminds me of Friday Evenings Ruined. Because stepdad's forgot to go to the video shop on the way home from work to get the new release. And by the time you go back there, it's empty. There's none there. So, yeah, Yeah, Netflix kind of literally hooked onto the, I mean, I don't have to let it down to the video shop. No. Fantastic. No.
1: And (laughs) there's no late fees and there's no no petrol fees and parking tickets and all that kind of stuff, right? And the same with Amazon. Same with Amazon. Amazon, they're they're solving space and time. They're just Mm. selling everything. So you don't have to travel, and now all they're focused on doing is getting it as quickly there as possible. So it's yeah. just into space. Yeah. Awesome.
0: So we've got a couple of questions in. So um, one was asked, "Can you repeat the four E's?" I got down economy and expertise, but missed the other two: uh,
1: energy and existence. So it's economy, expertise, energy, existence, and in other words, that's the market, um, your mind, your motor skills, and your mortality. It could be the four M's. <laughs> yeah, fouries.
0: Fouries, yeah. yeah. For, for something, Dan's done his work well with us, hasn't he question <laughs> uh, uh, is um so what's the fastest way to leverage income with the least amount of cash
1: flow? Speak to people to to, to just get yourself out there, be very, very clear out of, of your values and mm. your uh, you know get to grips with your true values. And not societal beliefs and societal injections and what you should say and shouldn't say. Mm. Dig deep and and you know discover your true values. Then go and talk about your philosophies, your methodologies, what you believe in. And you, if you build it, they will come. You don't need any money to do a podcast, right? It's Mm. just record on your phone and and post it out. Uh, It's it's unbelievable. If you, this is the thing with delegation, though. It's 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 trusting putting that content creation into your calendar as if it was a doctor's appointment and doing it yeah. on, a, on a Monday or a Tuesday and just doing it and being consistent, not like one here and one there and one next year and one hmm. next month consistent. If you're going to yeah. do it once a month, do it once a month. If you're going to do it once a week, do it once a week. The, the news at 10 is called is the news at ten, and it's at the ten o'clock every night because people trust when they can show up and watch something. If news at ten just wasn't on at ten one night, people would be like, "What? What the hell's going on?" Yeah. So consistency is absolute key. Yeah, the, the news at ten, twelve. Because I forgot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't quite work, does it? Yeah, the they want to build trust with you. Yeah.
0: No. But it's it's interesting saying about that kind of you know the the marketing aspect of it, and obviously you know marketing of course is connected to wealth because it's the it's the, the, the element of it that attracts and brings in your, your client base. And for me, it's once we, I started yeah, putting myself out there, started doing more Facebook Lives, sharing philosophy, culture. Um, you attract your, your community that you want to work with. And then with them, they bring you challenges and problems to solve. You solve the problems and they reward you for it. And that reward is invariably money. So...
1: Yeah, uh, uh, go, just going back to the delegation on that as well, if you can just delegate and mm. pay other people to do some of your non-inspiring tasks, you will earn much more money. That's leveraged in itself. Mm. It's As I say, it's intangible, but you will. As soon as you can start focusing and, and you lose the brain noise, you start creating much better products. Mm. <clears throat> um Another thing is to create a buffer of living expenses. So if you can get three to six months living expenses, work out what your living expenses are. I'm talking mm-hmm. physiological living expenses, food, shelter, water, and clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, calculate what the average is of that over the 12-month period. Save up about three months and just have it in cash. Don't invest it. Don't do anything with it because – that will relieve a part of your brain which will allow you to then just go, right, not worried anymore. If, if the crap hit the fan tomorrow, I can survive for three months. Mm. That, starts, um, that starts having an effect on your income as well because you create better products. You give more care and love and attention to your clients. You talk to them differently. You can think, you can think more creatively. And I think I gave, the, I think I gave the, uh, the other day, I gave the example of a builder Um, if I was a builder and I'd done some work on your house and I didn't have a cash buffer, I might come to you at the end of the project and if you've got some snags for me and you're holding payment, I might start being aggressive. I might start, you know, getting uptight when you're challenging me. I might, you know, we might end up falling out and you might kind of even pay me half of what I'm owed or whatever and I might have to fight for it. On the other hand, if I was a builder who did have a cash buffer and I came to you and you said, I've got some problems, I'm more likely to come to you and say, no worries at all. Let's sort it out. Let's make sure everything's, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and then they're going to recommend to their friends and they're going to pay you more and you're going to earn more. So that has a, that has a return on investment on itself. Just having three months living expenses in the bank.
0: Yeah. No, it, it, you know, we make horrible decisions when money is the only, is the driving. You know, we work with the wrong type of people. We take on the wrong types of client. It gets noisy, stressy and, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think it's turning the volume down on some of those things that, you know, enables us to, as you said, create better products and relax a little bit um, when you, you, it's when it's not going crazy. So any other questions, guys? Fire them through. You're all out there you know, listening. What's Anything resonating, anything you've got? Um, so, so we, we've talk, we spoke about, the on, about this online business model, and a lot of it – you know, you and I both follow a very similar kind of path in the, uh, you know, the average transaction model, the sales ladder, the product staircase, if you like. Um, what's your your thoughts on that, the importance of creating, um, you know, a, an ascending transaction process?
1: I think it is the, from my point of view, it's, it's key. And I'll tell you why, because um, i will just mentioned that the quickest and fastest way to leverage your income is from a podcast well a podcast isn't profitable as a podcast uh, unless you're going to kind of get sponsors and all that kind of thing which i don't all i do is promote my free stuff okay yeah. that's all i do i don't sell any program to the to the public uh, all i do is say go and listen to my podcast go and read my newsletter and that's it mm. um <clears throat> the reason it works so well is because once you can start giving value to people and they trust you and they want your product so much because they've spent so much time listening to you and they built trust for you, mm. then you can sell them a program. Okay. And they will be less resistant. You can charge more for the program. They'll get, as long as it's very, very valuable and you get in fair exchange. Okay. Mm. Um, I'm a huge believer that it has to be fair exchange. There's no, there's no way that it will work. Otherwise not sustainably anyway, but, the hugely profitable businesses are the ones that have a subscription service of some kind at the back end, mm. and you can you can talk about Apple, you can talk about uh, Audi, BMW, all the car services. You can talk about Rolex. Mm. You can talk about all these companies that have this four product model, which you know about. Mm. Um, but what, here's here's why it's so important: when the subscription model can cover all of the living costs of your business and everything else on top is cream, that's when you can really start cooking on gas because yeah. all of the programs that you sell, that's just pure profit that goes straight into investments. Mm-hmm. And then the investments compound and so on and so on. So um, in my opinion, it's crucial to have a, have a for product, free to four product uh, empire.
0: Bye and you know for this market i think things yeah like um subscription models for, re- for repeat treatments things like that you know where you've got that income steady income coming through augmented with some online program that helps give them education and treatment about how to use these particular products or treatment i think that's the yeah. route to, that's the route to go down um you know as we've sort of kind of said all the way through this and i think you know, the message definitely coming from me is that, you know, to get this leveraged income, everybody here listening to this, regardless of the fact that you might make your money at the moment with doing treatments is to go away and start thinking about how you can create some kind of online element to your business that doesn't involve you, might involve you a little bit, but not a lot, but it's giving that educational process. And then you can also link it in with product sales. So, moving through the gears, click, buy a product, it's all hands-off, it's doing it while you're asleep, all those wonderful
1: things. But the the, the thing that's a a little bit of a trap is when people think about profit, they're just thinking about profit and they're not thinking about time. So Mm. freedom, it's all good earning lots of money, and this is the trap that most people fall into. They earn more and more money, but they don't raise their lifestyle to the correct ratio. Mm. And they have a high DTI, and they they've basically got no more. When I did the formula just now, I did that formula with a paper boy and my next door neighbor. The paper boy was on eleven pounds per week, and the neighbor was on two hundred and seventy five thousand a year. And they both had one point seven weeks to live when you done the formula based on their outgoings and their income. And the reason that's so relative and so important that you focus on freedom is you're net. You're always going to be Chasing more money if you don't manage your money the right way, and some simple things to do are: if you're a business, just set up five bank accounts, right? And every time the money goes in, every single month, you know, dilute that account into four separate accounts: mm-hmm. tax, out, uh, outgoing costs, profit, and you know, whatever yeah. a, a buffer yeah. or, or a work or yeah, or profit. So you could, and then once you've done that you can start investing, you can, you know, you can put that into your own income, then you can do the same thing, five accounts, you can invest. Mm. Going back to when I was younger, I read a lot of books on saving 10% of your income. The problem is with that, if you save 10% of your income, after 10 years, you've got one year income. So it's not very inspiring, is it? It's it's like, okay, I'll save 10%. So I'm going to work for 40 years, yeah. and at the end of that, I'll have four years. Oh, you know, it's not very – again, it's an impartial – it's just a partial strategy, a half-truth. So not only do you want to be in saving 10% of your income, you also want to be investing that 10% of your income passively, and you want to be increasing that savings by about 10% every quarter. And yeah. what that does is it give it, you feel a little pinch – but not to the point where it's unmanageable. And by putting that demand on your lifestyle, it forces you to go out and earn more. But because you've built the system, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So you can earn as much money as possible that way. And every three months, you've got a reminder on your phone to go and increase by 10%. You feel the pinch again, you start investing and the whole system starts churning away. If you just did that, if you just save 10% of your income and invest it at 7 to 10% per year, and you increase it every t- every 3 months you'll replace your income in 10 years okay and then if you add some stock picking and and some other asset classes and maybe a bit of speculation you can get it easily get it down to 5 years tangibly mm. uh, not this nonsense that you see you know laptop lifestyles and all that crap yeah, I'm talking so, real calculations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's
0: like yeah. Say um, when the maths when the maths are easy and it makes sense, I get it. When it's slightly confusing, it means that it's either it's just not making sense, it's not real. No. Um, that's no. awesome. Actually, I could, we had a question, and I remember the story you were talking about about you know the the paper boy and the guy who was you know had quite a lot of assets. And one of the questions is if you could go over the liquid asset, living, expensive, passive income equation again. It'd be good to actually get – you could use that as the analogy. I think it would go down. It would uh, be clear.
1: Sure, yeah. So we worked out that the there was basically a paper boy who was a friend of my son's, and he was on £11 per week. Mm-hmm. And he came around my house, and I said, how's the paper round going? And he was like, it's all right. The paper round's all right. I could do with a bit more. And I said, why could you do with a bit more money? And he said, well – I'm saving for these football stickers and I want to buy all the football stickers before my friends do it. I want to get it done before my friends. And I said, Oh, okay. And we kind of, I said, what do you buy with the, with the pound that's left over? Cause he was spending a 10 pound on football stickers. Mm. I said, what do you, what do you buy with the pound that's left over? And he said, well, I can buy a can of Coke for a couple of days. because It's like 50 P for the can or whatever. And, I was like, fine, okay. And it started making me think about the next door neighbor because just before that, the next door neighbor I was talking to was really stressed out and he was earning 275 grand a year. And he had outgoings of about 19,000 something a month, right? And because he had 19,000 outgoings a month, it meant that he had about, I think he had about 1,500 on top of that, that was just, um, you know, it, it, it um, just left over okay so disposable income if you can call it that <clears throat> but that might sound like a lot of money but when you did the maths on that and you saw how long he could live for before drastically having to change his, his life it was mm. relative to the one pound that the, that the paper boy had to buy two cans of coke mm. so the sum the, the formula is this it's la which is liquid assets divided by living expenses minus passive income or leveraged income. Okay. So it's, it's, it's looking at those three things and the combination of those three things that will dictate how free you are and how much wealth you've got. Cause wealth to me is just time. It's not, mm. it's not money at all. It's just getting up every day and deciding how you spend your day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it it's all relative.
0: It is relative. And I think, you know, you helped me to kind of, I think be slightly more grateful for, where I am in in the world in things because I, I, I am privileged in a sense. It's like yeah, I've been working hard, but I can get up and choose my own hours. I have the privilege of getting up and being able to do an hour walk in the woods every morning, listening to podcasts. Yeah. Um, so when I'm listening to that, thinking you know, money, 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 wealth, 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 and then suddenly think, well, actually, here I am walking around the woods listening to a podcast when lots of other people are grafting to pay for the mortgage for the house that is empty and pay for the lifestyle to impress the people who they don't actually like. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. You know, you suddenly kind of like, actually, yeah, you know what? I am one of the enlightened few and I'm going to carry on with my wonderful walk. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a reset of what we feel society has created almost this, Expectation that I mean, I think we, we looked at this it was the, the kind of the big five, wasn't it? It's like you leave school, leave school, get a job, get married, buy a house, have a kid, and yeah. sort of the big five were done. Used to be done by the time someone was thirty, but only kind of recently did everybody realise that actually, apart from maybe leaving school, or not even actually school, even that is an option. You know, yeah. you're homeschooled as your you know, as, as your son is homeschooled, so you yeah. know you've got all of these things are optional um, buying a house does not necessarily have to be something that you do. Um, and actually one of the questions that we've had, so just I'll get some, some of the feedback is one's from, uh, from Mel uh, is some of this has absolutely blown my brain. I told you it would, uh, so valuable. Um, will we have access to this chat again so we can listen over? I'll have to think about that. <laughs> uh, Roxanne, do you own a property now? Uh, when would you recommend investing in a home if ever?
1: Great question. Great question. One of the one of the biggest things that people can't really comprehend is the fact that up until now, every good thing to do or every bad thing to do or every positive or every negative is just a made up value or opinion or belief. And we've just bought into things that someone's decided that's good, that's bad, that right? Mm. So when you when you understand that and you and you really think about that, you think well, the people that are telling me this, have they got the life that I want? Because I'm, I because I want freedom and they're telling me to buy a house and I've got these plans to build this big business and I believe in my heart of hearts that I'm going to be earning a fortune in 10 years. Why are you not believing in yourself and then strapping yourself up with a mortgage for 30 then in a mediocre kind of house where you're basically saying you don't believe in what you're telling me you're going to do. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. One thing that opens people's eyes is when I tell them to work out their living expenses, it might be someone who's on kind of, you know, let's just say they're spending 40,000 pounds out of their bank on living. Okay. Mm. So I'm not talking about like major luxuries and all that kind of stuff. I'm just talking about living 40 grand. And, Let's just say, bearing in mind, you can passively invest at about 7 to 10%. You mm. can pick some good stocks uh, using some very, very timeless and universal strategies that have stood the test of time and generate around 15% per year, and then you can speculate if that's your thing, and you can get 25 plus mm. uh, on speculation, right? Let's just say conservative, you passively invest your money, and every year you're looking for about an 8% return okay let 's just say your living expenses are forty grand a year, right yeah. if you divide forty thousand by point zero eight, which is the percentage return you 're going to get about five hundred grand. What that means is five hundred grand is all you need to to be financially free forever mm. no. like that 's passive investments that you 've basically achieved financial freedom, so not even independence that 's freedom uh, uh, <laughs> an income yeah. a forty grand a year income. That will go beyond your life and be willed down generation to generation and it will never touch the, the original investment. When I say that to people and they say, I've got 500 grand in my house, in my equity, in my house. And I'm like, well, why are you so stressed going to work? You know? <laughs> yeah,
0: you sell the house, rent and invest the equity.
1: It's just being able to just look at things differently and stop, stop basing your actions on what people have told you is the right thing to do because they don't necessarily have the life that you want and the only three things you can control are you know what your uh, how you perceive things the decisions you make and the actions you take they're the only three things you can you can control so i'd love to see a lot more people actually taking control of them you know and, and challenging these well mm-hmm. the, fir- the first intro to the podcast is it's designed to make you test the status quo, right? So yeah. just mm. like that, that is that start there. Just start there. Just yeah. stop comparing yourself to others and trying mm. to, <laughs> and trying to live like other people. And yeah.
0: For, for a natural rebel, these are all sort of music to my ears. You know, I I've never, <laughs> even considering I said, you know, served in the Navy and that sort of stuff. I've still never really been a fan of the man. And <laughs> You know, the contrarian, there's opportunity, opportunity to do the opposite that is ever, that's the perceived whips wisdom. I like doing that. And, yeah. you know, yeah, but it, it makes absolute sense. And it's the feeling of stability and security the, that's, you know, supposedly associated with home ownership. But actually, it's kind of the opposite. Because as you say, if you've got your money, you're tied up in, a, in, an, in an object that's going to take you, you know, God, if you put a house on the market, it can take years to sell it. Your life's going down, the, down the, the toilet and you've still got this equity stuck in the house. Having it in yeah. liquid is, makes, is a much more sensible option.
1: Totally, totally. So there's a couple of questions. Someone said, should yeah. you rent? I'm currently renting, so sounds good. So here's a couple of things to bear in mind if you are renting. First of all, there's a saying that you should rent where you live and then own what you rent out. So if you're into property, the best way is to rent your house that you're living in and then buy properties to, to, to let out and rent. At least you're getting a leveraged income or a passive income, as long as it's all managed, right? Because property can be very not passive if you're not having it managed, right? Second thing you can do is is gauge whether you're getting ripped off in the housing market or not. Because there's going to be times where it's, more sensible to rent than it is to buy and there's going to be times where it's more sensible to buy than it is to rent and a great way of of doing that is um your rent to buy ratio so what you do is you essentially uh take the value of the house so let's just say it's a million pound house and you divide it by the uh the rent okay and when you do that formula if it's below 15 okay, it makes more sense to buy. If it's above 25, it makes more sense to rent. Mm-hmm. And if it's between 15 and 25, you want to kind of weigh up and do some further analysis. What are your values? Is it security? Mm-hmm. Are you bringing up a family? Have you got pets? You know, uh, Are you going to be there for long? Because um, the, the biggest thing that people get stuck with property is the amortization schedule that they don't... <laughs> they buy a house and... The banks know that there's a trend that every seven to eight years, people get itchy feet and move house. Mm. So they set, up, they set up the amortization schedule so that you're paying pure interest for like seven to eight years. Yeah. And then it starts to drop down. And it's only when you get to about 22 years that you start paying the same principal as you do on interest. This is what makes me laugh when they say, well, rent money's dead money. And I'm like, well, what have you just been paying to the bank for twenty-two years? You've been paying interest. And then they say, Yeah, but I've got the capital growth. And I say, Well, you know, the capital growth, but what are you gonna do? Sell the house and move next door where the houses are all the same price. You haven't and, and they neglect to you know, they neglect to think about what they've spent on the driveway, the the fences falling down, the grass, the roof, the you exactly. know, the kitchen. Well, right. They haven't earned any money. It, has, it hasn't gone up in value. It's just gone up relative to supply and demand in the housing market. You're not earning money on a house ever. Like you'll never earn money, like earn money profit yeah. money on a house ever to live in. So uh, there's some things to think about. But by, my advice is if you're an entrepreneur and you're really gunning for it and you don't necessarily value the security of having your own home, Well, you're telling yourself you're going to build a really good business and you're going to be minted. Well, why don't settle for like tying yourself up for a 30-year mortgage in an average house. Start aggressively accumulating wealth, right? Stay liquid, stay nimble, and then go and and build your forever home or or buy your forever home.
0: So, Becky, back yourself. Back yourself.
1: Yeah, believe in yourself.
0: Yeah, back yourself. So we've right, got a few more questions then. So um, if you put 10% into investment per month, where would you start to invest? And if you don't have any investment knowledge, what are the strategies to choose passive investment? There's a couple of questions on investment. Actually.
1: Um, if you put 10% into investment per month, where would you start to invest? You don't have any investment knowledge. Uh, the first, obviously, the first key to that is knowledge. <laughs> um, learn learn how to do it. Uh, there's several strategies which probably a bit too much to go over in this uh, in this podcast or this meeting. Sorry, but you can learn more about it in my podcast. You can learn more about it in my newsletter. It's yeah. I go over it in, in detail.
0: There, there, Laura. There is your answer. Is the always free podcast and newsletter. It's a huge resource. Uh, has... What I would
1: say on that, though, what I would say on that, sorry, is uh, don't worry about investing unless you've got three-month savings in mm. cash. People come to me all the time and say, oh, it's a lot of money to be sitting there. I feel like I should be investing it. And that is where they go wrong. Uh, mm. You know, just have the three months in cash. Put it in a high-interest account, by all means. Mm. But you need your animal brain needs to know that it can access it very quickly and it's not at any risk. Soon as that happens, you'll be in a different place, and then you can start anything after that that gets saved every month just filters into the investment account.
0: Mm. No, it's, it is true. And that three months, you would even if you, you know, you wouldn't dip, you're not dipping into it, it just stays there unless there's some absolute dire emergency. You know, you don't use it to pay off slight fluctuations in cash flow, it just stays.
1: No, I put it first. There's a there's a saying pay yourself first and and what i see that as is is paying my my true self first my financial freedom first that's my inspiration you know my purpose my highest value that's what i want to pay first and i'm paying that freedom account first that Mm. gets priority over everything um and then i just control my living expenses to the correct ratio as to what i'm earning at that at that point in time, yeah. when you do all this and you set it all up, it's amazing how your income grows. You earn more money than ever.
0: It's- yeah, it's interesting because I mean, we'll jump onto a couple of the final questions in a second. But I have, um, you know, one of the steps I've made recently is to uh, move pretty much all of my accounts over to one of the Challenger banks, to Starling. Um, and it's actually, yeah, because you've got these different pots and spaces, you can suddenly start to filter into these different buckets, it does make it easier. It's you said it to do it, and I'm like, well I'm not entirely sure whether or not this will work. But all of a sudden, bang, and it's just there. It's just starting to flow. And it also affects your your mindset because you you become sort of you know driven to acquire and to do but as you say, better services, better products, you get better at selling, you get better at accumulating wealth. You the value proposition changes. I have conversations with my clients about charging for consultations. I believe they should because it's value. Um, so as their belief grows, the value proposition grows, the wealth grows and it just starts to trickle through. Um, totally. You know, taking these logical steps and applying them.
1: Yeah. As I say, the more you're not focused on bringing in the income to, to soothe the animal mind, mm. the more creative you become. Like you can sit there And because there's no scarcity, you can sit there and really think how you can make a difference in your client's life, whether that's a tool, (coughs) sorry, whether it's, um, you know, just another part of their journey, a phone call or something makes a difference. Yeah, definitely.
0: So uh, a couple of people are saying it's time to get aggressive. Good on them. (laughs) So, um, last couple of questions. I appreciate your, you know, it's, it's an evening. Um, but What would you say is the biggest obstacle people place in the way to financial independence?
1: Um, Well, firstly, they compare themselves to others, uh, which is an obstacle in itself, because they're trying to look up to the people who haven't got financial independence, but they think they have because of Mm. the fancy cars and all that kind of stuff. First thing is ask, you know, do they really, really have the life? When you look deeper, and you see the downsides to whoever that is you're looking up to, you'll start to see the balance. You'll start to see that actually it might not be what you like. Um, using strategies that people tell you who haven't achieved what you want to achieve, so things like buying a house, Dave down the pub telling you to invest in <laughs> Apple, you know, all that kind of stuff. Don't, don't do it. He's, he's not rich from it. You won't get rich from it um working longer don't work longer work less try and get yourself out uh that will bring in more income uh but this whole thing of having to work more is an obstacle it's it's it, you're banging your head again you're going nowhere mm-hmm. um but putting your money in, putting big lumps of money into non-liquid assets mm-hmm. so a house a fund even like a big fund that you've got 50 grand in that is doing nothing. um, You could make that work better for you in business. In fact, Mm. I would take a punt on you rather than the fund, uh, especially while you're young and energetic and being able to create more and more businesses, do that as aggressively as possible and give Mm. it as much value as possible. Uh, So that's kind of an obstacle. And then um, not having a strategy. Mm. You know, no too crap. many one, too many one things. All the property thing, all the Bitcoin thing, all the, you know, this on this drop shipping thing and all this crap. You know, it's just you need something that stood the test of time, something that's that's tangible, something that's, that's got numbers to it, mm-hmm. something that you can project and see. I mean, you've you've probably seen insights into the tools that we've developed where you can mm-hmm. actually pinpoint the day you'll become financially independent and the day that you'll become financially free. And you can, you can mm. see, you know, mm. you can see all that stuff. That's what people need. You know, that, that's, that's what people need. I've yeah. a, a guidance from someone who's achieved it.
0: No, absolutely. That's awesome. Awesome. That's great insight. And I think it's, you know, as you saw it earlier, it's consistency, discipline, focus, eyes on the prize and interesting about cars and, you know, most people love a flash motor. I love a flash motor. Um, Trouble is now. I look at them, and I used to be. Someone said, "You know, cars used to be uh, a symbol of how much you earn. Now they're a symbol of how much you owe." And the flash cars are debt. It's just debt. Uh, you know, you see the guy. But, uh, that's
1: a, that's another that's another thing that if if you are building wealth and you're investing your money, let's just go back to the eight percent example. Passively mm. investing at eight percent return per year. The middle class people, particularly in England, have got this whole this massive thing about pride of ownership, right? They have to save all their money, save, 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 and then buy this massive thing <laughs> and I owe it. I own it. I paid for it in cash. It's mine. Yeah. And I think, well, well done, because if that was me, that is, you know, let's just say eight percent. Let's just say that you bought a hundred grand car, right? To look to look the nuts that 8% is now costing you a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. That's costing you a lot of money in lost income because you haven't got that money anymore. So I'm much more, because I I do invest, I'm now thinking, well, I'd rather pay the 4% finance and buy the car on finance because anything under 8%, it doesn't make sense for me to to buy. So I'd use other people's money. Always use other people's money. Um, never sacrifice your own liquidity unless an alternative. Um, if an alternative exists.
0: Mm. Brilliant. Right. Last thing. Quick fire round. Are you ready? 10 questions. No thinking straight answers. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. (laughs) Beatles or Elvis?
1: Beatles or Elvis? Beatles or Elvis? Oh, I don't really like any of them, but I'd have to say Beatles beatles batman or superman superman he's much more uh he's much more chilled
0: <laughs> night owl or an early bird early bird apple or android apple yeah i'm an apple fan as well everyone else is a no don't care apple the best samsung that's uh, right uh, playstation or xbox
1: or oh, not a gamer but playstation from back in the day
0: yeah, absolutely <laughs> ps1 perfect happy uh <laughs> favorite movie <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, Term- ter- 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 Terminator 2.
0: Yep, good choice. Right, I don't hear that one very often. But that's a bloody good movie. Um, song you
1: rock out to? Oh, God. Uh, rock out. Anything. Uh, wow. There's so many. Let's say Sweet, Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses.
0: Brilliant song. Good man. Uh, <laughs> sun or Snow? sun yeah uh go-to business book
1: oh um i love what principles by ray dalio but close second would be blue ocean strategy
0: that's good as well i like that good and the last question jay the best bit of advice you've ever received
1: the best bit of advice I ever received was from an old boss when I was about 19 years old, called George Turnbull. And he said to me, To be in business, you have to be in business. And I didn't understand what he meant at the time, but I later realized that it just means you've just got to keep, you've got to be out there doing it and learning and failing and doing it and doing it and doing it. And if you don't do it, you're not in business.
0: To be in business, you've got to be in business. I love it. Jason. Thank you very much to that tonight. I think on behalf of aesthetic entrepreneurs, it's been brilliant having you here. Um, I've loved it. I'm sure they have as well. Um, if you, um, guys, if you're interested again, look into the group, there's the link for, oh, Jason's just put it in there. Um, for the video, and also for, um, the podcast. Um, and, um, yeah, reach out to him. He's out there on social media. We, we're not shy. Um, get involved.
1: Yeah. Thanks very much for having me. It's been great.
0: It's been awesome. I really enjoyed it. Thanks very much, mate. And um, take care. We'll speak to you very, very soon. Subscribe now for tips, insight, and stories to enhance, empower, educate, and elevate your business to new heights.